0: hey everybody how you all doing this is Tom uh, from heads on sticks thanks for tuning in uh, for the number 14 uh, edition of heads on six chats uh, the first for the year uh, so it's nice to be uh, starting this up again and uh, chatting to uh, all my heroes and um, just uh, just before we start, uh, uh, do give this a um, a like or a sort of give it a five star review and uh, even a little review if you like on a, on Apple Apple Podcasts or give it. I think you can, you can actually give it a star now on Spotify as well. Uh, it does help uh, to uh, boost my ratings and all that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and even subscribe to it if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling generous. Help a brother out. Um, So, I'm delighted to be chatting to um, one half of uh, Syzygy, uh, one of the best uh, synth pop bands uh, at the moment. Really, really love them. Um, Synth pop is uh, uh, Rebecca uh, Ma and Gus Kenny. uh, And uh, anyone that's uh, kind of been living in Melbourne, in the kind of music punk uh, community of Melbourne, uh, will be very familiar with them. Uh, But for those that aren't, you know, they. They've been in many bands together and collaborated for many years together. Uh, and they were in a band called Spotting, uh, and I love—I really love Spotting. They're great. Uh, they're great. I think they're, maybe they're still together. Uh, I don't know. But uh, they had—they were a great sort of synth punk kind of band, kind of before uh, that was really quite ubiquitous as it is now. Um, and I was really into—yeah, I was really into Spotting. Uh, I thought they were great. And then I heard Syzygy, but I didn't actually realise it was them, I didn't realise it was Rebecca and Gus, Uh, but I loved it, so for quite a while, Syzygy to me was just a different band, Um, and uh, I was was really hooked, Uh, I think it was the Pendulum, uh, off of the uh, A Long Time Alone compilation from Blowblood, great uh, great little sort of label, kind of promoting uh, thing in Australia. Um, and those and those compilation series were great. Loads of great bands. Uh, that I, that I sort of discovered off that. Um, so yeah. So then uh, and then they brought out the EP and I loved it. Really, really loved it. Um, uh, just radiant, buoyant, kind of sh- just uh, sh- just this gorgeous electronic kind of synth pop sound. Um, and uh, I, was, I was intrigued by the artwork. I was intrigued by their sort of. Motifs of kind of systems and balances and kind of sort of mathematical harmony, you know, um, really interesting. But then, when I did a bit of research, I realised it was Rebecca uh, Mar and Gus Kenny from Spotting It was like a new project, and since then uh, they brought out their new album Uh they brought out that last year, and it was cracking. Loved it. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to be chatting to uh, Rebecca. Uh, Gus can't make it, I'm afraid, but. Uh, uh, representing uh syzygy uh, is rebecca mar so uh, yep heads and six chats number 14 the first of the year uh syzygy so get away Rebecca Ma, a long-standing Melbourne punk, one and a half for Syzygy. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, really good. Yeah, great. actually practised for Sydney today, so it was good. You did what, sorry? I practised for Sydney today. We actually have a show coming up, so I feel very uh, in the mood for Syzygy today.
0: Oh, brilliant. Oh, nice one. Uh, so that was, uh, uh, when's that gig coming up?
1: On the 24th of March, we're playing this place called M Pavilion. It's kind of like a community space that's um, free for anyone to come along to. And we're doing a night just showcasing um, like underground electronic music.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. That, sounds, uh, that sounds incredible. Nice one. Yeah, we go. Um, I, I was about to say to you, uh, you know, you're one half of Syzy- Syzygy, not to be confused with the Perth Prog Band from 1996.
1: Definitely not to be confused with them because I don't even know who they are. So there's <laughs> absolutely no way that I could be.
0: <laughs> well, I think um I think when I first came across you, um I, I think I tried to look up look this is like a couple of years ago now, but I looked up Syzygy and you've got four gnarly looking guys in sleeveless leathers. <laughs>
1: There's actually heaps of bands with the, there actually is heaps of bands with the name. And we didn't know that at the time, but um, when like the name became, like when Gus suggested it to me, he'd been reading this book called The Three Body Problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just like really fit with the theme. We were really trying to find a name around. And then I was like, okay, cool. We finally picked it because it's so hard to pick a band name. And then I went on Google and I was like, oh, there's like 10 other bands with this name. And they're all electronic bands as well. Like there's so many of them.
0: Well, this one's quite, uh, this one's a bit more like a, Like a white snake or a yes type band, you know.
1: Okay, right, right. And, yeah. I think people would know there's... they're in the wrong category pretty quickly listening yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's a brilliant there's a brilliant shot of them uh, sort of all kind of stood there with like a with a fantastic CGI green screen desert.
1: <laughs> well, <if> they're in <laughs> Perth, who knows? Maybe it's the real desert.
0: Yeah, it could be, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um all right, so uh what's your what's your formative memories as a as a kid? What's what, what do you yeah, you know, when you think about what shaped you musically, what, what do you, what do you, what do you think about?
1: Yeah, there's always one really clear one for me. Um, well, I was probably around seven and I gotten into my dad's like Buddy Holly, Everly Brothers, Dion records. And I was just so obsessed with them. And it was the first time I really remember feeling that feeling of like, how music has gone on to make me feel throughout my whole time listening to it and making it where I just like cannot get enough of it and I have to know every note of it and like the way that I want to sing along to it and um I just like remember like I really I thought I was going to marry Buddy Holly even though he was really dead um and it was also one of the early moments where I realized that I was probably going to be quite strange um, is like went to a sleepover at seven, and I was like, "Yeah, doesn't everyone want to listen to about Buddy Holly and are they convinced they're going to marry him?" And they're like, "Not at all." <laughs> um, so like, I think that that was my first love, all like the like fifties kind of like rockabilly and doo-wop and like and, and early sixties pop stars and stuff. Um, and then yeah, I think after that, it was the first time I ever went to a punk show. Um, it was like I was probably about 12 and I went to a festival here and I saw like of the time was quite a big like punk band that, like on the radio and stuff. And they had like a paper mache pinata of our at the time right wing um, prime minister. Okay. And they just beat the living shit out of it. I remember I was walking in and I was like 12 and I was like, whoa, like what the hell's that? Like I want, that's what I want. Like I'm too angry for that fifty stuff anymore. Like I want this. Um, so I think they're like two really like turning point moments for me when I was a kid to do with music.
0: Oh, so who was the prime minister?
1: Um, it was John Howard.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's uh, that's incredible. Yeah. the, the Do what <laughs> and a paper mache of uh, the prime minister. I'm exactly- oh, the
1: prime minister. Yeah, they just really hit, beat the absolute shit out of him. And, and like, I didn't really know like why the prime minister was bad yet because I was only like twelve. Mm. But I knew that it was bad. I knew that he like he deserved to be beaten out a bit with with the paper mache. But um, yeah, it was really. I think I I went I went home and went. I think I want to know what punk is. You know.
0: What about um? What about I, I know that you were listening to a lot of uh, musicals as a kid. Is that right?
1: Musical.
0: Yeah, well no, Definitely. sorry, no, forgive me. Um yeah, yeah, film soundtracks.
1: Yeah, I did like film soundtracks, but um I uh I like la- what I think more what happened was I knew I really loved soul and like uh m- music from the 60s. But I didn't have the internet because I'm like it was didn't wasn't mm-hmm. around when I was a kid yet. So like the only way I could access music from other eras, like that I was to listen to them in movies. And I realized I became really interested in movies that were set in other times. Mm-hmm. So like, in the 70s and the 60s, because they would and then I had this like dictaphone. That I would like hold up to the tv so that I could record the songs so I could listen to them on my like, cassette because I didn't have any I couldn't download music wasn't streaming services yet so that was really my way to try and access music that I didn't know that I was going to go on to really like
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's funny isn't it I, I, I remember the there's, there's there's a moment where like you know we, we sort of became aware of the internet like late very late 90s 2000 or whatever but then the, a few years later the revelation that oh right actually yeah you could just sit and listen to music for hours
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think also it was just like slow to catch up. Like I, you know, I was a teenager in the late nineties, early 2000s. And so like you kind of had Napster and LimeWire, but I lived kind of rurally as well. So we didn't have a great internet connection. Mm-hmm. It took like two hours to download one song. So you had to really want that MP3, like you had to really want it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was definitely still a CD culture and stuff at that point. Um, Yeah.
0: I remember spending hours uh, frittering away my time at school when I should have been. We had research time, so you sit in front of the computer and just do your research. But I, I found this uh, website called CD Zinc. I never forget it. And basically, somebody just uploaded like the entire CD collection, and uh, you could <laughs> click on each song, and and, it, and you know a Windows Media Player would pop up, and you know you could. But I remember just like so many bands are discovered on CD Zinc. Because CD Zinc has got a sort of special place in my heart for uh uh just you know exposing me to new music but also just that was just the moment where i remember thinking oh well yeah music internet it that can be a resource
1: yeah 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 definitely i was a bit slower to click to it but yeah Dude, you get the best.
0: How did you and Gus cross paths?
1: So there was a strange time in like 2005, 2006 in Melbourne where Two-Tone Scar was really popular, Mm. Um, like really, really popular. And so we'd go in, uh, we would, like, I think I was just about to turn 18 around the time we would um, go to shows together. And so we kind of had friends of friends and um, he, like, he was playing in bands, I think, at 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 the start off and on. Um, And then we just became really good friends And he used to DJ Northern Soul as well So I used to go and see him DJ And then he ran a night um, and got me He's like, he taught me how to DJ It was the first time I'd ever done it um, When I was in my early 20s And then we just kind of, yeah Like we ended up doing everything together really We've been, became really, really close friends And then in 2015 is when we started spotting
0: Uh, Right, and so, you know How much do you what, what, what would you what would you say were, were his influences on you, do you think, in terms of your musical development?
1: Um, I mean, definitely Northern Soul. Like, I had listened to a lot of other types of soul, like like Martin and stuff, and I had, didn't really know that much about Northern Soul, so definitely mm. going to see him DJ. And a lot of post-punk. Like, I think I would listen to a lot more, like, 70s punk and, like, UK, like, 82 and stuff. And then yeah. Biggall was always really into post-punk, and that – like, like he opened up so many bands and even like mod revival and stuff that I really um was drawn to and then he was definitely one of the first ones in the friendship with that were kind of listening to synth punk so like screamers and suicide and stuff like mm. that um he's like maybe three years older than me so and he has a really good record collection so yeah definitely lots of influences that have come from him
0: and what about what about you to him do you think
1: I don't know actually um maybe new wave um maybe like more maybe like an arco punk maybe but you know what uh these days i'd say it's more like modern synth part. like i have done a lot more deep diving into that stuff but i would say that uh it's very rare that uh gus doesn't have his finger on the pulse before i do
0: oh really that's uh, that's quite an endorsement
1: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely
0: yeah if he's listening there there you go gus that's uh that's quite it's quite a (laughs) yeah thing um I'm right in thinking that you learnt the bass uh, by listening to some Ramon songs.
1: I did. So I got a bass um around the time we were talking about uh learning so we're starting spotting. And so I just like got like some tabs off the internet and I learned um some songs off the first Ramones record because they're my favorite band. And um also it was like about the level of capacity I had. And then we went straight into um into practice, and I think we covered O pears song and a not song. Um, so that's all I knew when I started playing when I first started playing in spotting.
0: Right. What 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 do you remember what the Ramones songs were?
1: Uh Beat on the Brat it's So oh, the easy. Classics, yeah. Um, I think Sheena is a punk rocker. And um maybe I don't want to go down to the basement.
0: Right. Cool. I, I speak I um I have I've I have a lot of love for Ramones, but I do speak to people and, and they kind of they kind of really hate them.
1: You know what, I think like I'm always so ready for this question and I think that uh, it's actually really, um, it'll make a lot of sense because it is my two things that I love. Like I grew up listening to 50s American rock and roll mm-hmm. and soul music mm-hmm. and then I was 12 when I was angry and wanted to bash the papier-mâché and I think the Ramones just are those two things put together. They are punk and they're angry but they're ultimately like surf, 50s Americana girl groups. So they're one of those bands that for me, they're the perfect fit. Like, that's why I love them so much. Like, I think if you didn't like those two things as much as I do, they probably wouldn't, they probably wouldn't feel as as satisfying, you know?
0: Yeah. that they, and that actually, I mean, they, they have such a, there's such a natural bridge, isn't there? Because I mean, they even covered um, Baby I Love You and,
1: and Needles and Pins by Del Shannon. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they did an album with Phil, with Phil Spector. Like, they're yeah. they all of that stuff for me. So it's like I was too angry to want to just listen to that anymore. So when I was 15 and I found the Ramones and I could listen to Girl Group and Del Shannon by Angry, like I was yeah. in heaven, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Did you, have you listened to Dee, Dee Ramones' hip-hop single?
1: I mean, of course I have. Everyone has. Um, <laughs> I just don't really... I understand why he made it. I think that like, it'd be really boring to have to make punk your whole life. And to, I understand what was going on in New York at the time. That was like the front for frontier of art. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be a part of that, like whether that be misguided or whatever, but I guess that's a soft spot for Didi. I mean, and obviously it's not great, but I, I just respect the fact that you wanted to be involved in the thing that was the next thing in art and in, in, in music, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, apparently, um, uh as dd D. king he would sort of tip up to ramones gigs in his gear which would sort of just break which would anger the rest of the band. because it would kind of break the kind of leather and shades mystique you know but he's i think he'd been, been gone of- for
1: a long time though you know i think there was a lot of bad blood going on and uh yeah they were they had a look and that's that's definitely that's yeah <laughs> and he wasn't fitting that look probably what, what bigger reason why i left the band but you know
0: yeah <laughs> So synth punk is a genre that's kind of exploded. In I would say it's you know it's kind of had a bit of a renaissance or a sort of a, quite a, it's, it seems to be very in vogue at the moment, uh, and especially in Australia. Um, uh, and it's kind of you know, whereas synth punk used to be stuff like I, I know the Screamers or su- yeah Suicide like bands you mentioned earlier. Um, now it's kind of like, you know Research Reactor Core or Billion or the stuff on Walkman Inc. and things like that. Um, but you know, I know that spotting was quite a few years before that. So I'm just wondering, what did you get? You know, what what was the climate for such synth punk when you first started spotting? Did you were you quite? You know, did it feel quite lonely? Not not, not lonely, but was it? Yeah, you know,
1: so it's funny. Melbourne definitely had um had a, had already it had already been happening. Like really, it was like Chrome Dome and bands like that, and nihilistic mm. orbs in like 2010, 2012. And then was Mutants and there's this really great band called Stations, um, Mollusk, and there was definitely, and then I don't know if you'd call them synth punk, but like None, they're definitely, I think, the best to do it out of, out of Melbourne. 100%. I remember them,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, they were. I love at none, none,
0: yeah,
1: right? yeah. And they were one of the bands that we were going to see all the time. And I remember my, my best friend, Ariel, who uh, is a singer for Spotting, um we would just be like oh my god do you think one day we could do that look how amazing they are like we were really so there were lots of bands that we were going to see at the time before we started playing um and it was it was actually kind of the zeitgeist of melbourne at the time I said like "Yeah, know it was mutants you had bigger bands doing it too um but the reason that we started making it was more because Gus really wanted to, he played keys a bit before, but he never really, he really wanted to play synth and he like wanted to explore all those sounds and the technology of it. And we were listening to music like that, but um, we needed something that was really, really simple because half of the band had never picked up an instrument before. So we had to play punk because it's the easiest one, and but we wanted it to do synth because you know that's like where Gus was kind of going at the time. So we just put the two things together more than saying we want to be a synth punk band, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's really funny. I feel I feel I feel like a massive ignoramus because I, I I totally forgot about none. But I remember hearing them, uh, and it was, a, it was a revelation at the time. Actually, I, I do remember thinking, "Oh, nothing sounds like this at the moment." Oh, they're
1: the best. the 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 like the the, re- the last record they put out. ah oh, it's just it's a it's a cracker. I think that they're like they were really really special. Are they still going? No, they're not. Now they probably broke up. I want to say in two thousand
0: and eighteen. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that was that was a great um those great couple of records that the yeah Yuri Geller was it that that single.
1: Yeah, and um, the dome, I, like the, the dome, last yeah. one, last single like, can't chain is so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And did you did you get did you get a, a sense of the new kind of like wave of oh, new wave? Uh, uh, the band the band's coming out now from you know stuff like what you know the Walkman Ink stuff and you know uh, did you get a, did you get a sense of that on the horizon at the time? I
1: mean, I think that this, the scenes are actually were a little bit, like, different. Like, yeah, I, I think it is. I can see the extension of it, but I think it has more to do with people like Jake Robinson and, like, Oz Mutants and fans like that. I feel like they're more connected than we ever were. I think that spotting um, had a kind of a different place in that our friendship group and where we were coming from was about bringing... Um, it, it like inclusivity into punk at the time, you know, lots of women or people who'd been overlooked and people had never been asked to start a band before, people didn't know how to play instruments. We were definitely more on that side of things. Where we it was a, it was a lot more. Uh, it's not political, is not the right word. It's just about like wanting things We were sick of you know not seeing ourselves represented. So mm-hmm. I think that like though the stuff that's going on now is quite separate to the thing that we were kind of well to what spotting was to me, anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, was the was the trans- was the transitions uh, from synth punk to a more electro pop sheen difficult? Was that, was that did that come with challenge?
1: It was. It was difficult. Um in the sense that I'd never sang in, in a band before. Like I'd done a bit of backing vocals for spotting, but it was just kind of yelling. So it was difficult in, then, in that it's polished. And so I had to learn how to sing in the same way that I had to like learn to play the bass when I started spotting. Um, and, you know, but that actually, I loved it so much. And I like during lockdown, it was the only thing that kept me going. Like I was my vocal exercises and really like focusing on it. Um, but as far as, like, a um, a musical shift about why we did it and what we wanted, it was really easy and really natural. Mm-hmm. Um, Gus had already started, when Spotting broke up, Gus had already started kind of writing some stuff. He'd been listening to less and less punk and more and more, like, minimal wave, cold wave, um, and purely electronic stuff. And so I think he wanted to write stuff that was like that, and then I'd been going in a really, really pop direction, like not even synth pop, like, like new wave, like the, the Go-Go's and Cyndi Lauper and Eurythmics. And so it kind of actually fit really well together mm-hmm. where like he'd already been writing these songs and then he came to me and was like, but he, he had to convince me. I didn't think that I could do it. I didn't think, that, like, I didn't think we could pull it off because it's like, you know, if we could make it sound polished enough, I guess.
0: Yeah, sure. That, that, was, a, that was another thing that sort of seemed to, explode about 10 years ago as well the whole uh sort of minimal wave cold minimal synth kind of thing you know and that, and that record yeah. label and the all the 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 new bands that came around around at that time but also uh the kind of almost like the art sort of excavation project where you, you had all these lost Absolutely. gems that suddenly got you know these sort of reissues and remasters that was um uh lost many hours uh, uh listening to that <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing is like around that time, maybe like during spotting towards the end, like stuff that I had never heard before, but I don't really think it is that rare, like solid space and open higher analysis and stuff like mm. that was definitely starting to become more of the soundtrack of what we were listening to.
0: Well, it was, it definitely was for a time. I mean, especially solid space. I think that really was almost like a lost, yeah, like a lost record, you know, a lost tape or whatever, but now it's kind of, kind of ubiquitous because of this, I don't know. Who, I don't know who released that. I forgot who released it, but um, yeah, that was all. That it, but that was kind of kind of beautiful. That was the, this idea of all this kind of like sort of music that had just been lost in the ether, and that's now suddenly at the fore again. I mean, you, you've even got um, some of those bands are now. I think as a result, got actually doing gigs now. So uh, I think Martin Martin DuPont, um, Right. They're they they've just they're they the three of them are doing like a lot of dates in Europe, and uh, cool. yeah, I'm like. I'm like praying for a london gig you know (laughs) um
1: yeah i think that there's like i'm i love that reissues get done i i think that um it takes a lot of work to put out a reissue and then we get to benefit from that and there are so many great bands that like didn't have the internet and therefore did fall by the wayside but for no other reason other than like circumstance that are really great and yeah i i love a reissue
0: Mm. do you do you miss um do you miss the thought? Not miss, but do you what, do you do you look back on with, with fondness at the time before internet, where like you know, you sort of music was so, there'd be an album where you'd read about it and you you you'd, you'd read so much about it before you ever got to hear about it or hear it.
1: Um, I know. I don't. I I don't think it's the... Like the anticipation, I, I do sometimes miss that more of like I'm going to go all the way to the store and I'm going to save up my pocket money and I'm going to buy this record. Um, I think the thing that I miss about it is actually uh, is maintaining focus on particular records or particular mm. um, genres because like you know when you sit down at spotify and you just go oh god i can listen to any song in the whole world like what do i do and then you just like kind of all over the place whereas like i used to get a record and then i would listen to nothing but that record for like three mm-hmm. months because who knows when i was gonna get a new, another new one um and so i think i missed that piece i bit be like they used to really sink my teeth into every new record that i bought i listened to it a hundred times and i knew everything about it um and i feel like that's the bit that i miss
0: yeah, and if I think back to old old albums that I still listen to now, where I might have been listening to them since I was maybe thirteen, I, I know every beat, every moment, every every turn, every drop, every you know, in a way that like I think one of the I think about music I love. I mean, not not, not just because i have naturally listened to it like longer, but um, I tend to listen to an album, and then move on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love I
0: the think- album, you know, but.
1: It's funny you say that. I feel like that um, the way you described, like, I know every beat, I know everything about it, is often what I say about, like, all the classic albums that I liked. And it's why I find recording music really difficult. Like, I find playing live a lot easier. I find recording in all the bands I've ever done because when i'm doing it all i can think of is like there could be someone out there listening to this the way that i used to listen to those Mm. records what if there's a mistake in there or like what if it doesn't come across in that way um so i find recording really difficult but yeah i think now like even record new records that i've really liked i feel like i've listened to them like three or four times and then i've moved on to another another thing
0: point in Syzygy's uh, genesis did the kind of motif and themes of balancing systems and psychology and kind of mathematical harmony kind of come into the come into the uh, um, the sort of thematic uh, identity of the band?
1: So um, as far as the, the name itself, um... It it came through as we were talking about how we are a duo, and Gus and I are extremely different people, and also extremely alike in lots of ways. And so we wanted something that um, would demonstrated the fact that we balance each other out really well, that we are like we work why we work so well together, why our friendship is so strong.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and that word kind of it's a you know often used for eclipses. It's about two things in in balance to one another. Um, so that kind of came through as far as like just being a, a motif for, for art in, in, involvement in the band.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and for the rest of the the like the thematic material, um, I'd never written lyrics before. So I, when I came at it, I wanted something that I think um, could give me a really nice um, analogy for what I was trying to say, but also probably to shield myself a little bit, like. Pop music's really personal, you know, it's about things that are that are really personal to you. Or I think that sometimes it, it it should be. Um, but that's a little bit scary. So I would find analogies that would kind of say what I wanted to say in a way that to keep it a little bit distanced, I guess. Um, like the song balance disorder. It's um, it comes from, you know, when you're like walking up to an escalator that's broken and you know mm-hmm. it's broken. You're like looking at it and you're like, yep, that's just stairs. Everyone's just using that as stairs. And then like the second that you step onto it, you're like, whoa. And like you feel that <laughs> strange feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, The reason that that happens is because there's a part of your brain that um, that knows things logically, that has has seen that it's not working. And there's a part of your brain that um, is like uh, from what's happened before, it has your memories and your understanding of what would, would normally happen or what's mm. come before it. And for a second, those two things don't go together. Um, And it's like a really good analogy of when you know you're about to do like the exact wrong thing. And then you're just like, well, here I go. May as well just do this anyway. Um, Which I think something is like everyone can relate to. But I I guess it's a way for me to like pull through those feelings. But having something, I can kind of distance myself from it.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, The whole, the brain hasn't quite. You know, over, I think what, I think human, Homo sapiens has been around for about half a million years, but yet we haven't figured that bit out, that, that schism between <laughs>
1: yeah, the, the rational. It's, and, and it's you know. almost like we don't want to, like then I have to stop doing the things I don't want to do, you know. Um, and uh, the final reason, I guess, that there's a couple other reasons why I think science and stuff comes into play for us is Gus actually has a PhD in computer science. That helps. Yes, and he was a mechanical engineer as well before that. Um, so when it comes to the artwork and stuff and like the film clips and he makes a lot of that himself. Um, so he's always loved maths and science and engineering. So they really come through. And also maybe it's my way, the lyrics are my way of meeting him in the middle of like kind of putting this into something that we both can um, understand. Um, and we're really uh, pretty full-on people. We we have a joke. It's called Zero to 100 Lifestyle. Um, and we can both be a bit obsessive. So, um, the stuff around like structure and balance is to remind ourselves, like not to go too far (laughs) into things. Mm. I think. Is
0: there an element of your relationship with each other where you're both maybe different sides of the brain?
1: I think that's it. I think that's what we're getting at. I mean, in some ways, um, the way I like to, to put it is like, I've never met someone so unlike and like me at the same time um but we are different sides of the brain like you know we definitely or it's more to say what outward personalities are
0: mm, yeah and it's, it must be nice as well to know that the because often you know a band in fact a lot a lot of cold wave bands perhaps or you know uh, or post-punk you know they'll, they'll kind of play around with that austere sort of cold maths artwork and graphs and science and but actually that they don't probably doesn't really mean imo- I mean a lot
1: yeah yeah, you know. yeah. Um, it's funny because like the thing when we're talking about starting the band I was like as far as where way it sounds I was like I don't want another band that sounds cold and serious like I want something that's like, I mean, it can be a bummer. Like we definitely ended up making it sound like a bit of a bummer, but I wanted it something that was shiny and like yeah. fun and you know, happy and not happy, but the way that it felt bright. um, And yeah, I think there's a lot of bands that feel really austere, really serious. They use a, that really clinical thing, but for us, the maths part of it is just literally because like that is Gus's job and like, that's what he loves. And so that's always going to come through.
0: And he, well, and that's the, and, and, and yeah, the, the artwork that he might deploy sometimes, you know, um, he, he actually, he knows he actually knows it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Of course he does. But if he didn't, um, and it really helps that, uh, because we're from the DIY punk, um, community, We've got that idea of like, okay, you just do it yourself, you do what you know, you do what you love. So like a lot of the, you know, when we came to the record, we got other people to do the artwork for us, but all the other stuff, the film clips and the flyers and, you know, the mm. tape stuff and all the stuff for spotting, like Gus was like, it's fun to muck around with it. And that's the it's a fun thing about being in a band is like just giving that stuff a go and 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 trying that stuff out. So of course it's gonna come out looking like us or like him in that way.
0: Who's your synth pop heroes?
1: Um, currently, like current music, uh, I would say it's Ricky. Um, her two records are just phenomenal, and I really liked this. Um, I, she's a British woman named Patience. I'd say they're my like favorite synth pop records of the last like ten years. Um, yeah.
0: I thought. Um, of- I haven't heard Patience. So I'll, I'll I'll make sure to. Um, oh it's
1: great she has a record that came out on um i think on night school i think that's what the label's called um called dizzy spells it's probably i think it's the thing that i'm obviously ripping off the most when i went with my vocals and like you know i'll be like gus i'm gonna write a bit that's like a patience bit and like you know the, i think that's it's, it's phenomenal that record but it's really poppy
0: okay yeah i'll, I'll definitely check it out uh, but uh ricky i love ricky yeah really and that album gold i mean i like, I like the first album but uh, but that al- so her second album gold i thought was like some of the most perfect synth pop I've heard in... Yeah,
1: and it's just really interesting while still being um pop music. You know, I think I like, I really like the first record because it's more on that punk side, but the gold is amazing. Like, I think that at the moment she's the best to do it. I also really like Catherine Moan as well. Um, she put a record out called Chain Reaction. Um, she, they're probably my, like, I have like huge synth pop heroes from the 80s, obviously, but yeah. when it comes to who's doing it right now, I think they're my favourites.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, what about what about kind of back in the original the original bunch?
1: so it's funny. Like I um I would say it's like m- because I'm really a vocalist and I'm not re- I don't like I'm, I don't make synth music mm. outside of that. You know, that's that's Gus's territory. It's people like Cyndi Lauper and uh, I love the Eurythmics. Like I love Annie Lennox and. Yeah. I think that, like, that's kind of... When I think about the people that I really connect to, it's people whose voices I want to make or who I, I take inspiration from there. Yeah.
0: In the gimme, 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 magazine. You were asked what your thoughts were on the local music scene, but it was just on the cusp of... Well, it was in the, in the middle of COVID, so you... You, you you confessed in the in the answer not not to have quite the same grip uh, as you had done previously, but it's been three years now. Uh, what would you say? What what, what what's what be your answer now to that question?
1: I think um, uh, the reason I didn't want to say anything during COVID is because I had no idea what it was going to come out the other side looking like, really. Yeah. Um, and now we are on the other side. Like Melbourne had. Some of the longest lockdowns in the entire world. But we were also used to be a city that had almost more live music considering how small we were. Like they had more live music. You could go any day of the week and you could see a live band, a good one. Um, and we are slowly getting back to that point. There are, you know, getting to the point where there are multiple. Like sometimes you have which of these five shows am I going to go go to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is harder. I've noticed coming back, it is harder to get people to shows. It's harder to get people to buy records. I think that like the priorities of the city and the priorities of people making music have changed. We've all come out a few years older, maybe a little bit less enthusiasm. Um, But having said that, there are amazing bands. There's just not so many new bands. Like in 2015, 2018, you just couldn't turn around without there being a great new band. And now I feel like people just don't have as much energy or they're still getting the momentum up from essentially not playing music for three years.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think um, I had noticed when I do these chats that COVID just seems to come up every single time.
1: I mean, you for millennials, you almost can't not talk about it um, because of, like six lockdowns that were extremely long. We were the most affected um, state in the in like you know, in the in the country as well. Um but yeah, it it definitely, I think that it took the foot off the gas a little bit for the whole um whole music scene, which in some ways was a good thing. I think that there was like we were all expecting way too much of ourselves. Um, but I think that disappointingly, I don't think that people are as um inclusive as they were before. I am starting to go to shows again now where there are no women on the lineup or I'm the only one. And I I don't know, I'm not saying that there there are amazing people doing great things. There are really, peak, like, not to say that it's all like that, but I do think, like, during spotting, we had this really, like, huge momentum of, like, new people playing, people playing in music that never played music before, like, this huge representation, this expectation of inclusivity, and I feel like maybe that's not quite as much the focus because we're all just like trying to get back into playing it all, you know,
0: yeah, I I guess you know, um, it's not it's not right, but I suppose when people are coming out of the 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 fog of covid, uh, complacent habits come back in mm-hmm. you know yeah, it's definitely true um and, and late lazy lineups and you know uh the 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 proactive nature that the, the live music community is supposed to be about about representation just um uh well it well if if the fact that it's been you know maybe taken second place shows that we haven't got very far, I suppose,
1: yeah, I think that's the thing it's like can be a really bit disappointing, but having said that like there was this this amazing festival called Relentless a couple of weeks ago in Melbourne that was for all like non men um mainly for heavy bands. And there was a moment where I was like, oh, okay, no, it definitely is back. Like, Pete, there is a community here. They're just going outside. Um, You know, they're they're running their own thing instead of waiting to be asked. Um, and And not to say that it isn't like that. I just feel like that's one of the big things I have noticed from 2018 to 2023 is I think that there's less focus on it.
0: What's coming up for Syzygy?
1: We are starting to write another record. Oh, um cool. yeah, it's um it's a bit slow going because during the pandemic, Gus moved interstate. So as we don't live in the same um state, it's a little bit harder, like there's a little bit less momentum because we're not like going to practice or whatever. Um, also, like, we both have really full-on lives and jobs and partners and all that stuff. But we, it's kind of the cool thing about it because we're best friends. There's no pressure. It's just kind of like this cool slow burn where, like, he'll be like, oh, I wrote this song last night. Like, here's the song. And then I'm like, cool, I'll, I'll get started on some lyrics and, you know, we'll send stuff back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So it may take us a little while to get there, but um, that's the great thing is, like, we're not, it's, we're just kind of working on it when we feel like we're ready to do it, I guess. Yeah, but there will be another record.
0: Great. Oh, nice. Like, I oh, can't wait. Um, and uh, you said you've got some, uh, you're starting to do some gigging again.
1: Yeah. So we can't really play that much because we are an interstate band, but we do mm. have the show at the Pavilion next Friday. And then we probably will try and play in another state in Australia at some point this year, maybe, maybe Brisbane. Um, well, and then that's kind of it for us. Um, yeah. I think it's really just trying to make time to write new stuff.
0: Yeah. And what about and what about yourself? I I know um uh, there was that band vampire is that is that still going yeah.
1: on? Yeah, we just recorded an LP um hey, cool. So I, we, we play quite regularly actually. Um yeah uh so lp should be out on a label called televised suicide at the end of the year i think um so yeah it's that's like really good for me to be um having a performing band i guess having yeah. like a band some yeah. and we all live in the same state uh also it's just so different because it's like punk and it's i'm screaming and playing the bass again which is nice but yeah nice.
0: we'll you need you need you need to have your screaming outlet
1: that's it. You know, I got to have my, my, the whole balance to the life is I got to have the pop music and I got to, I got to be angry. You got to be my angry 12 yeah. year old at the same time.
0: You, you've just demonstrated a, a, con, a key concept of synergy there, haven't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everything's about balance because <laughs> we can't be zero to a hundred. We'll go mad. You have to, yeah, right. you have to balance. We, Gus and I really like rules and structure just to like, it funnels the brain into what you're meant to do. So we love a rule.
0: Yeah, I think, I think in creativity in general, sometimes you can really benefit for, for some parameters.
1: Oh, we need the topic sentence, as we always tell each other. You need the topic sentence.
0: What's the archetypal synth pop song? if aliens la- if aliens landed and and they asked you take me to your leader and what is what is synth pop
1: oh I, I, anything by the off human league's dare i guess yeah. um Sometimes me and Gus will have a joke. Like at the start, we we're like, "Would the Human League do it?" And that's like guides us of what what things should sound like, what the scenes should sound like, or whatever. So I think that um, and that's maybe cheating, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna throw anything by Human League on on the Dare album.
0: Okay, what song?
1: um uh, i'm just gonna say my favorite is um things the dreams are made of because um they list the ramones in in it that's
0: right yeah yeah
1: um, yeah the start uh, in the, yeah, in like the breakdown bit um so i'm gonna say that one just because it's my favorite
0: i mean if, if i was yeah if i was to select from the album I, I reckon the sound of the crowd
1: it's so good it is a yeah. really good song I don't, do you know why i just love that um things the dreams are made of because like the things that the dreams are made of are just not dream worthy. Like they're like having two <laughs> or three friends. Like that's it. Just two or three. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of cash to spend. Like not even being a millionaire. Like if you were going to dream of something, wouldn't you dream of being a millionaire and having heaps of friends? But no, it's just two or three friends, a little bit of money, and the Ramones.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, but what I, I suppose, <laughs> like when you look at that Dare album and the music video, it's, it's all that kind of like. Um, like British sort of soap opera normality sort of sort of subjects isn't it yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah it's I guess true. that's what they're going
0: yeah. for that's
1: what they're going for
0: yeah.
1: yeah um but that was also the first electronic record I ever owned like the first one I ever really heard synth pop and I went oh okay and um uh so I think maybe if I if aliens came to earth I'd give them the first one I ever listened to
0: right right your, your signed copy Yeah, 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 yeah. signed by Rebecca Marr, they Martian.
1: Like, who's this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the, the aliens wouldn't know who you were, so you could pretend that you're like, this is absolute superstar.
1: Or I could give them the Syzygy record and just be like, hey, this one's really famous.
0: (laughs) Very good. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Well, Um, I think I have
1: to be a little bit of a trust system with these aliens, you know, I really i am imbuing this very big knowledge on them.
0: Yeah. Take me to your leader. That's me. Also, I'm in Syzygy. Here's my album.
1: Yeah, yeah. just so you know, I am actually already the leader.
0: (laughs) Yes, I am the queen of the world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, you're you're, you're opting for things that dreams are made of. I'm thinking, because there's there's a difference between best, isn't there, or favourite, but archetypal, um, I'm going to go for Yazoo. Um, Don't go, I think, Yazoo.
1: Well, I think it's a, we covered on, only you um, uh, for a comp. And so I think that you're probably right that Yazoo are like that archetypal. I think that's definitely a, um, a very good pick. Yeah. We, um and we, whenever we play live, we always play only you. Oh, do yeah. 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 There's a, you can find the version of it. Um, we made it in lockdown by a correspondence. Like I recorded it with like a microphone that had like a, uh um stocking over the top of it with like right. a coat hanger um in like the shed of the house and then like gus uh put all the pieces together um yeah we did it for there were these compilations that were really great um oh. called a long time alone
0: yeah so I, I do you know what that really rings a bell a long time uh, bl- uh blow um
1: blow blood yeah my friend christina she did yeah. four of them and the, f- the pendulum was our first ever release Th- that's how i that heard was- you yeah the fir- that so it was on the yeah. first one of that and then we did a cover of Yazoo um only you on the third or the fourth one yeah
0: Do you know that that all rings a bell now and i remember um that's how i heard Syzygy. but for a long time Syzygy had no face to it i didn't know who you were
1: yeah but, we didn't have but, any social media or anything yet
0: but i was um but i was already aware of spotting but i didn't know that the, there was the connection
1: yeah yeah it was
0: just a completely different band to me at the time
1: which I kind of I kind of like I was worried when we started because we're like two members of the same band and it's a similar sort of field that would like we'd get all the heaps of comparison Mm -hmm. um so it's really nice to hear a little bit like there wasn't that like oh it's those guys again and they're making electronic music you know
0: yeah for sure um all right. Well, that's, 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 uh, I think that's us wrapped up now. Um, yeah. I've got to go work now. Me. <laughs> um, uh, I yeah, know oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Uh, and thanks so much for, um, giving me your hour. I really no appreciate worries. it.
1: Get a, go back and listen to that nun record It's the best.
0: I, I'll, I'll listen to it, uh, shortly on my commute to work. Yeah,
1: you should do it. Yeah. It's great.
0: <laughs> right, cheers Rebecca all, right, all the best and uh, all the best decisions in, and whatever you come up with, whatever you do okay. awesome. uh, yeah loved it cracking uh, uh, cracking episode that one um, forgive me if I sound a bit tired uh, I was actually up um, super early to do that one and uh, had to I was literally before work so I had to like quickly uh, record that hour and then dash off uh, to the southeast East and the London Bridge for my um, grinding admin, admin role um, yeah uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it um, uh, thank you so much for Rebecca uh, for uh, agreeing to the uh, chat shout out to Gus um, uh, for being a part of the uh, Scissor project um, if you guys liked what you heard um, keep an eye out for more Heads on Sticks uh, stuff happening um there's a radio show coming up uh one for 1020 radio my spit and static show and then after that i'm good friday got my heads on stick show um yeah uh, and if and for anyone that has noticed uh apologies for the website being broke something happened it just kind of it just disintegrated uh so i've been doing a bit of a rebuild job uh and uh it's, it needed a lick of paint it needed a bit of a new look so I've kind of been at work on that so um, yeah uh, for anybody that has gone on the site and, and been met with a kind of white screen uh, maintenance page uh, forgive me um, but uh, yeah I'm doing up the house doing up the house what can I say um, yeah so uh, yep uh, next, the next chance will come there next month uh, so look out for that uh, look out for all the shit I'm doing um, and shout out to uh, Billiam uh, I know I'm an alien and Jane for, for all their for their contributions to the uh, to the, to the Hedgehog's Chats and just to say um, again if you can if you could give it a five star review or if you could give it uh, even a little written review on Apple Podcasts or give it a, give it a thumbs up on Spotify or whatever all of that um, that all does really help um, and uh, means that more people can see the Chats so uh, yeah big thanks to everybody and uh, I'll see you all again soon Take it easy. Peace out.